You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Indianapolis Community News, and today, We are breaking down what the Pacers' rotation might look like this coming season. That might seem like a pretty trivial exercise with how many guys they brought back, but there's some health changes from past seasons to this season. There's a focus on development that has to be taken into play given Bjorkren's past and other teams. And joining me on the line to kind of break it down and look at some lineups we really like that this team could run out, Adam Friedman, former Indy Corners writer extraordinary. Adam, how's it going? Pretty good. I feel like we've talked every day over the past two weeks now. <laughs> we really have. Finally, after today, the bonanza of free agency feels like it's slowing down. The last big domino, Bogdanovich, officially joined the Hawks just a few minutes ago. Um, so it's time to look ahead to the next season. I mean, training camp's in a week, like literally yeah, a the, week. The Pacers can't trade for, for Bogdan. He's probably lost in as a Hawk at least for a year or two. Yep. So... Yeah, the Pacers are are, are either going to be making a trade in the next couple of days or, I mean, again, with training camp in a week, I kind of just don't see it anyway. Kevin Pritchard's press conference is Wednesday, which today for most of you listening. So I kind of think they're they're done and they're running it back, literally like 14 out of 15 guys. So building the rotation out with that many similarities is kind of easy. But, you know, the only time we saw the whole team together – where they had Depot and Lamb was for that three-game stretch um, just before Lamb's big injury. So we kind of have that as a baseline, but it's not really awesome because there's a new coach, and that could shake things up. So how do you want to start and do this? Do you have a plan? I think we should just go by a position and go for minutes, right? So like we can start by point guard all the way down and say how many minutes, who we see playing in that spot, and how many minutes we see them getting, and then we'll work our way. And obviously we'll see guys – or we, we can start with let's do this. Let's start with who we left off a of rotation. I think that'll be a big. No, no, no. That's our second segment. I was going to say our second segment is what's okay. off our rotation and what could change. Like what would be the the altercation that could be substantial and could happen. Right. Like Sumner started last season in the rotation. We didn't really expect that. So who knows? well, okay. But let's also make it clear for the first five games, a bunch of guys played, and then all of a sudden, by you know what I mean? Yeah, it changes. Like, there were twelve man rotations. I think to start the season, it felt like. Yeah. Well, the easiest position is point guard, so I think we can start there. And if we look at last season, uh, the picture kind of paints itself as my computer screen freezes as I try to scroll down on basketball. Reference. So I can do it real quick. So you had um, I got four it. guys played point guard minutes. Nazmi Trulong, who basically played in five games, actually, or yeah, played in five games, and he basically was just there when when injuries happened. Edmund Sumner played a little point guard. Uh, in his time, but mainly about only 20% of his minutes. He also ended up only playing 31 games. McConnell played the predominant backup point guard minutes. Aaron Holiday with him, I guess, played backup point guard minutes slash some starting point guard minutes due to injuries. And Malcolm Brogdon uh, played most of the starting point guard minutes. So yeah, so, so Brogdon played 30.9 minutes per game last year. McConnell, uh, fin- my gosh, I, for some reason my computer just has not wanted me to do this. McConnell played 18.7 minutes per game last year. Those are the only two guys I'm listing at point guard for my rotation. Uh, I have the other backup oh. point guard we talked about at shooting guard right now. So mine is just what I think is Brogdon's going to do about the same. He'll play 30, and I bet that they do a little bit more because of the rapid season, and there's going to be 14 back-to-backs in just 72 games, maybe even more. 
he probably won't play as many minutes. 30 still almost exactly played last year, but I bet he's down just a tiny bit, and then McConnell just soaks up all the backup point guard duties. So do we think Jeremy Land's going to be 100% healthy when the season starts? Well, that is a good question for next segment, Adam. But, um, you know, I'm kind of basing it, my opinions here on not right away. I think okay. that he might be back or, like, able to play, but they, they may be so I did the opposite. into it. And you that's where it's ready to go. So if he's ready to go, so let me put this caveat. I'm going to say who I think is going to play point guard. If Lamb is not healthy, basically move Lamb, shift Aaron Holland in that spot, and put McConnell in Aaron Holland's current spot. But right now I have Brogdon playing 28 minutes at the point guard spot, Aaron Holiday playing about 20. Which yeah, about, that. Right? so we have the same split. It's just who it's going to be. So I guess we can kind of lump the guards into this as well. I'll get to shooting guard. But, yeah, I think Brogdon being a little down on minutes actually makes some sense if if that impacts his health in a substantial way. Yeah, the thing way. with that will be is he might start down on minutes, but then as games get closer and tighter, he'll end up playing more minutes and we'll probably right. and like it, and, 30, and, but you'd like ideally have him at 28 a game. Brogdon playing three minutes less a game, if it means he plays in 10 more games, is – worth it to me i think um just because he's so important to the team and 28 minutes actually isn't that many so maybe i don't know it just sounds low and that's like that's like Giannis level minutes right or maybe even below yeah he's even play the whole fourth quarter so it's it's low but if if it helps him play more i'm for it but i think i think it'll end up around 30 just because he's so valuable and his his hand is steady and yeah mcconnell in there still i think he's better than lamb he was better than last year so if it yeah, I think down to all of them healthy, I think with any of these starters, is you won't see the random show up in the last five minutes of a game when a game's blown out the way yeah. you maybe have seen it with with uh, McMillan before. So that I'll see him some minutes over time. What I will say is, due to positional versatility, I think the actual Pacers would play Lamb over McConnell if both are healthy. But for my circumstances, I'm kind of like Court. shooting yeah. guard. This one's a little harder. Uh, not really. It's, we both just talked about Lamb. I have a depot about the same minutes. You have Brogdon. We're going to same thing. be watching his injuries. Uh, his minutes last year, uh, 27.8 per game. That's baked into some of the games where they were watching his minutes, but it also includes the bubble where they play a lot more. Uh, so I have him at 28, and I have the backup Aaron Holiday at 20. But like you said, if Lamb is back, you have to consider moving Aaron up to the backup point guard and then Lamb into the backup two guard. Yeah, I have Holiday put 20 and Lamb 20. So yeah. that's what I would say, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Lamb a lot more next segment and how that can shake things out. What I will say, too, when we do kind of our unique lineup things, I think there's a chance you could, what you could see is uh, some Aaron Holiday, even if Lamb is healthy, Aaron Holiday at this spot with Old Depot playing kind of the small forward or you know vice versa, whatever, and kind of some three-guard lineups. So you could see Aaron Holiday split between some shooting guard and some point guard minutes. But also what you might see is, is Brogdon here and Old Depot at the small forward, just depending on what they decide. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think they have the, have the they have the versatility and ability to shake things up. I think that's totally possible. I'm ready for my most straightforward position at a small forward. TJ Warren's going to start, play a bunch of minutes. Uh, I've got him logged for 32 is what I'm guessing next year. He's at 32.9 this year. Again, I'm just offering slightly conservative estimates due to uh, the, the quick turn of the season. I don't know if, if every team will do that, but I have a feeling teams will be a little less, you know, minute heavy and they don't have McMillan playing guys until they're, <laughs> on the brink of extinction when they're up by 30 points at the end of a game. So I've so, worn, worn at 32 and my backup three, I put McDermott here. It's semantics. If it's him or holiday, whatever uh, we'll talk about Justin in a second. I have McDermott soaking up the rest of the minutes, 16 minutes right there. So I did it a little bit differently. So I did how many minutes I thought this guy would play at that position. So I put, Warren, I did that too. And I don't have anyone else here. So I, so I think Warren will play some four ultimately. So I had Warren playing 22 small forward and holiday playing 26 yeah see that's where the nominals come in for me because all my my fake other forward minutes are just power forward split ups basically 
Okay, so like I said, I had one of twenty. It's now, so if we just want to power forward real fast, I mean, I have Turner just because I decided to put Turner at forward instead of center because I think doesn't it, matter, but yes, doesn't matter. Playing twenty minutes at the forward, Warren playing eight, and McDermott playing twenty. Okay, so I have so, I have Sabonis, but this again doesn't matter. I have Sabonis at twenty four here, um, at power forward, and that's like he starts and then is the first guy that comes out. And then I have Justin Holiday at 20 minutes as the backup four, right, with those bench units. And then he you know, sometimes closes games. He just plays with a lot of lineups, he'll play a lot. And then McDermott, I have getting the other four minutes here. You know, if, if Lamb plays with the second unit, if they go bigger there, or he can sometimes slide in with the starters as well if he's hot in closing games. And then that's how McDermott gets to his 20 minutes a game that he was about at last season is he gets a few minutes where he's up a position or, or in this or that lineup. Yeah, oddly enough, and I think I realized this if I just thought about it, but McDermott played 84% of his minutes at Power Forward last year. Yeah, yeah. Basically well, basketball reference is just like height, basically. Well, in, in, in that Pacers lineup of, uh, what was it, McConnell, Holiday, Holiday, McDermott, and whatever um, center. bonus, it was McDermott playing the four. Obviously, obviously him and Holiday, Justin Holiday kind of uh, drifted in between three and fours, but that's what that was interesting. I, didn't, I mean, I think if I like, thought about it, I would realize that, but I guess on paper, it's how they listed it at least. Right. And then my center position is the rest of Savonis' minutes, only 10 as the backup. Turner starting and playing 30, about the same as last year, and then Goga sneaking in his eight minutes in the second quarter every game. So I, I did similar to Savonis, 32 here. I think he's going to play center the entire time. I mean, I think he is the center on the starting lineup, in my opinion, just because offensively he is. And I think especially in the, when he plays the bench lineup, he's the center. Turner at 12 minutes on the center spot when Savonis leaves to kind of stagger him a little bit. And then I go maybe get him four minutes here. I, I, don't, I don't, We'll see how many minutes he does get. I just I do think the biggest casualty of this whole n- no-move offense and Gogo is going to have less minutes than he would have gotten, right? If, if they had traded Turner, Eastwood's going to get maybe 10 or 15 a game. Uh, and now he's but lucky to crack into anything. Uh, he really has to show something to be able to kind of even crack more than, you know, uh, first half minutes, basically. Yeah, he hasn't. The trouble with Goga, and I just put eight because I, I would like to see him play as much as possible, but uh, the trouble with him is, you know, unlike Turner and Sabonis, who each have unique skills, you know, defense, threes, passing, whatever it is for either one, Goga doesn't have that yet as he's growing, and you can't play him with other centers because of that, right? He needs to be the only guy in his space. He needs to be the only guy with, his assignments until he learns them and can do them with someone else. So his eight minutes kind of have to be as the lone center. And that's why I, I think his number is going to be low this year. He also suffers from the fact that if the Pacers are smart, they want to have one of their best, let's say two or three players in the quarter at all times. That's kind of the best way to do this. And there's really no way to stagger it where you don't have Sabonis playing a lot of bench minutes like last year, just because you have enough guards and I, I, I was the best players, but are probably Brogdon and Sabonis. Let's go at the start, maybe turn to the depot at some point. It's really hard to get Brogdon bench unit minutes when he needs to play at the starters when you have so many uh, decent, you know, guys you want to play a guard between both Holidays and and McConnell versus like there really is not that center. And frankly, Sabonis and Turner do do okay together, but they do better apart. Like they're just that's yeah. like that's what you have to do when you have this like kind of clunky thing is stagger it more. It's kind of what you do. Like it's what the you know, Wester Westbrook, James Harden lineups are like. They get staggered a lot of the old Chris Paul Harden ones. You have to, if you have two players that play similar ways, it's the best way to get the most out of them is to stagger them in minutes. So they're playing, you know, only a minimal amount of minutes together, maybe 10 or 15 a game. So mine ended up alarmingly similar to last year. And we only had three games with Lamb and Vic in the lineup together. That might be inaccurate, but I believe that number is correct. Uh, the next game that they actually lost right before, uh, this is the game, the exact game before they lost Jeremy Lamb for the season. 
Sabonis played 37 minutes. Warren played 36 and a half minutes. Brogdon played 34. Turner played 31. Oladipo played 25. Justin Holiday played 25 as well. Jeremy Lamb played 22 and a half. McConnell played 15, and McDermott played 13 and a half. And that's it. They had no Goga, and they had less bench kind of than than we are kind of projecting. So maybe that's something in the cards, but also something we both did is, you know, ours are pretty similar here, and, and we'll talk in a second about where it could actually differ. But that's what McMillan did, and I, I do wonder how much Bjorken changes things up where if he is as, as varied in his approach to the rotation every game as he says he'll be, what that will actually look like. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, the other thing I guess I'm I sort of looking at, I guess, is we can do this in a second when we talk about players out, but like I just does somehow like does any you know does Cassie Stanley get any minutes to start no. somewhere? No, Sumner crack and I I'm with the crack somewhere. <laughs> I mean, then the question is also is like injuries and how does that fall? Right, like I mean, if there is there a game where Brad and Oladipo are both hurt, and then do you see Stanley placements as the you know the bench? two and Sumner obviously we get minutes to that point for sure like I that's and I'm sure to see that that staggering too right is McConnell the first guard at the bench if they injury or is Sumner the first guard like where do they go with that and do they try to play 11 or 12 guys at times but you know by letting guys sit or resting guys more just to create um more you know stretch guys out longer basically I agree with you there and I think we need to talk about where this where I think the the changes could actually actualize themselves especially because there's a key player that wasn't even in my rotation and Adam I had a different key player or not in his rotation. So how's that all going to work out? We got to figure it out. But first, of course, it's Lockdown Pacers. And I'm talking about Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bar ever. They're 100% covered in chocolate protein bars that are great for the health conscious guy. And they're here to talk about their deals they have for the holidays. They have a Black Friday shopping event. If you're dreaming of a white Christmas, they have an all-new white chocolate protein bar while surprise last. White chocolate cookies and cream, for example. Only 130 calories, but 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. It's perfect. Uh, if you go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday, that's it. Plus, don't forget to use this promo code that we have uh, of Locked On at checkout, and you can get 20% off that way as well if you don't go to their Black Friday deal. And then also Cyber Monday, they're doing the same thing with the white chocolate continuing. They have a bunch of extra flavors that day. So again, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you get 20% off on Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to get extra percentage off. Huge deal. So go to BuiltBar.com right now, promo code LOCKDOWN for big savings. Okay, so as we as we build this out, as Bjorkren talks about his ability to adapt to various rotations, as we realize that Depot's return last year coinciding with Lamb's big injury kind of blessed the Pacers to not have to do this. Now the the we've talked about it all offseason. The guard depth is coming to a head. And, you know, I didn't even list Jeremy Lamb in my rotation. And I do think that while I did that, because I think McConnell probably has a bit more impact on the team than him, I don't think the Pacers will do that. I think if if he's back and healthy and ready to play, they paid him a lot of money because I think he can be a capable shooting guard filling for Depot as a starter as well as a good bench scorer. And I think that would mean that Aaron Holiday would be my backup point guard playing 18 minutes and Lamb would be my backup shooting guard playing 20. But then McConnell's not playing, right? And there's still no mention of Sumner. So there, that logjam is complicated. And so I kind of feel like something's got to give, honestly. So here's, here, here, here's my thing. I'm not sure it's as big of a jam as you think because I think we could probably add together, I don't know, let's say 30 to 35 games of Lamb, Oladipo, and Barton not playing minutes, right? Or not playing at all because of injury if not more, right? I fair. think it's fair. I think it's fair if we play 72 games, at least put 10 reach and probably 
put 15 for each three games in this just because of yeah i wonder how much whatever. time limbs misses at the beginning of the season right and then and then you could throw in an extra you know five for aaron holiday five for Justin holiday and a couple for mcdermott and, and that's where you get the minutes right ultimately then you get that you know it's 50 games there yes they're not gonna be playing consistent minutes but i i mean i would be surprised if we don't see mcconnell at least 30 times this year if not more and i'm talking about 30 times where he plays more than just the garbage time of games like that and then the question will be sumner and whatnot but i mean both guys are being paid to be 11, 12 guys are not, they're not like they're being like the lamb. And I get it, if they're better, you might have to do it. But like lamb is being paid to be the Walton was originally the sixth man right. now to be whatever he is in the rotation. Like McConnell and Sumner are not under any impression where they're like, we're going to be, you know, starting level caliber players where lamb is making, you know, portal. I mean, he's making the what fifth most money on the team behind each of the starters, basically. Right. right. Six size paid guy. I mean, Justin holiday is making a little less than him but McDermott a little less but like yeah, he's being paid at that level where the other guys are not and that shouldn't necessarily matter all the time but it does matter a little bit start at least well they gave McConnell four and a half guaranteed over two years I mean he got more than that because he outplayed it but you know what I mean like the vote of confidence is in the money or like the they're you know you pay guys what you expect them to be now Lamb is coming off a huge injury and again I get the dispute here of which one of him and McConnell is going to be more important to the team but yeah the other thing with Lamb is he's tall enough that they could squeeze him in at the three even. So if McDermott's hurt or Justin Holiday's hurt or Warren's hurt, there's opportunity for him there as well, and one of the other guards will just slot in. So I think you're right that it maybe logjam is a bit aggressive of a word. But it'll be weird, I think, that one of those guys on a healthy team isn't in the rotation at all. I'll be curious who it is and how Bjorker makes that decision because, right, like I, he's not going to go 12 deep. I guess the Raptors did occasionally, but that's – Really hard to balance minutes. All of a sudden, you have so many lineups in and out that your cohesion's kind of not there. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they can go that that deep. I mean, I, I just – they're not that top-heavy, if that makes sense. The Raptors were top-heavy, right? They had three, all, you know, who were all – guys who were also at one point in their career between Lowry, Kawhi, and, and Siakam became one that year. The Pacers don't quite have that, right? They're not quite – they don't have the superstar that, like – you know, when he's in the court, you blow at other teams' minutes by so many points, you can afford to go really deep and be in risk playing guys who could blow it, right? They they're they just to me, the Pacers' big advantage last season was when they figured out their nine man rotation, their bench unit blew teams out of the fucking water. Yeah, it was right? so good. I mean, it, it was like argue like I think you did if you did, you know, five man lineups, it was like in the top ten of all NBA lineups for five man lineups in terms of net rating. And so like that's how good it was. Um and that's how they won. I mean, there was a how many games were they down 10 or 15 at the end of the first and they all of a sudden had the lead at halftime because basically the bench came in, brought them all the way back, and the starters closed it up. You know what I mean? Like that I was- mean, nothing against Jeremy Lamb because, I again, I, I like Jeremy Lamb a lot. I was higher on him last year than most fans who thought he shouldn't play with the bench because they called him a ball stopper. But I think the Sabonis, Justin Holiday, McDermott, McConnell quartet is like a lock to play together at the beginning of the year because of how good that group was last year. If the fifth guy in that group is Lamb, that's fine. But you know, I feel like, given what we heard from Bjorkman about player development, that they'll that they'll go to Aaron Holiday there, even Sumner, uh, in extra bonus time. Right? They want to get these young guys minutes. So, I don't know. I just someone's getting squeezed out. If 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 I'm right that that quartet they value so well, and maybe they say, okay, Aaron can give us ninety percent of McConnell in that group, maybe. But it, it just feels wrong to break it up after how good it was. Yeah, but the problem is, is McConnell blew it in the playoffs. And their only way this team yeah. – and they're, they're, there's one – and I mean, we'll lose at the, at the lineup at the end. It wasn't like, terrible, but he wasn't – like his skills make it hard to play him a lot. No, but what I said in the rotations part – or in the lineups we want to see, but like Lamb has the potential to unlock something in this team that no other player on that bench can. 
You know, yeah, I mean, he doesn't need like they had a lot of flowing sets or like creative screens and DHOs well, where Lamb's just like, here's the ball. And to me, he's got the ability to to be able to play three or two. I mean, I mean, I would suggest Holly some of the similar aspects, but like he's arguably a you know a, just a better player than at least career wise, obviously than Justin Holiday has a longer track record of it. But like he has the ability to arguably play a starting level caliber with the you know. Yeah, with the force, you know, with the force dart, you can, you know, name the three plus whatever center you want to pick with him. Seems like a way to unlock something that they don't quite have right now. Like he gives the he gives him the ability to really play like small ball esque that I don't think really any other player on the bet can. Maybe Justin Holiday. I think McDermott is too one dimensional to really bring that because defensively he can't do it. But um, it's really him just Holiday and together. Obviously, they figured this out. You know, the thing about McConnell that made him so good was he just he was kind of the perfect guard for all those guys. But like Lang could easily fit into. Um, the Aaron Holiday role, in my opinion, on the bench, whether Aaron Holiday can make fit the McConnell role, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's more like, again, my personal, what I think is, should be happening versus what the Pacers think should be happening is probably a little different here. But so it, it's certainly possible, fully healthy, that it's that it's Aaron and Lamb as your bench, as your bench backcourt. And those two guys can do it. We, we They played together some last year, did a good job. Uh, it's just, I'm going to be interested to see how, how Bjork and, mashes in his head the yin and yang of i had this i inherited a roster with a dominant bench group already and it's not that they had dominant play because mcmillan was drawing up awesome sets for them they are just brilliant on the fly basketball players who can make stuff happen so that can maintain easily he doesn't have to do anything versus i love developing guys i want to get goga 10 minutes i want to get aaron holiday 25 minutes i want to see what these guys can be for the next iteration of this team i don't know how he's going to balance that and it's gonna be hard yeah, I mean, I guess it, let's say Lamb didn't get hurt and he was somehow frigid this year. How much would he get? The same amount of money, maybe more, right? I mean, he's he's to me, he's no, the he would get that, the same. He wasn't he wasn't over a ten million dollar player last year. No, right? but he and I guess you're. Right. I mean, the market here was kind of dis- distorted by the yeah. by the Pistons. And he's way. very perfectly fine. He's a mid level exception player. And that's what. Yeah, you know, but I I guess what I mean is we talk about like to me, he's kind of the forgotten player in the last office because obviously Warren was fantastic and so was Brogdon. And so those like was look great, but like. Lamb came in as like the for sure kind of the the guy to start over Vic until they got healthy and to be the sixth man and like he was supposed to be like a real contributor and he really didn't contribute that much last year. I mean he played so little and he hadn't played since like January. I mean I to be honest I like can vaguely think of Lamb that he played in and maybe I'm like <laughs> being crazy and obviously it's been over a year almost and so maybe that's why but like like I just really can't think of like because he just remember that first game he like hurt his knee or his calf or something his hamstring and he missed a few games he was just so in and out that like it was just like come on now and so like there's a there's a chance that like the reason they didn't make any moves is because their moves were getting everybody back healthy and obviously lambs being healthy is kind of an if if because we don't know but like that was their thought was like we're just going to have this like they're going to have like them having lamb rotation is just something they didn't have much of the same as all deep in the rotation something they didn't have that's that's two players who improve your roster who are arguably top seven players in your team so i mean that's their improvement if that makes sense yeah that's fair I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how he fits in just as a good wing-sized ball handler those are kind of rare and again you're right he only played five of the teams for 14 games and then it was just a consistent iron man for you know between 20 and 30 minutes a game for you know, december january most of february besides the very end obviously you know you know exactly what you're getting 13 points on between 40 and 50 percent shooting that's fine that's a good player especially his size so i'll be, I'll be curious how they fit him in and then there's lineups we want to see, which is very different from what the Pacers will actually do because we are people on the internet who like to see fun and like to see creative basketball. 
So, of course, we can talk about that after a short little break. Okay. So, the lineups we want to see is going to feature the fun guys, right? Like, like obviously, I want to, to see the starters or, like, the Sabonis, Warren, and whatever extra starter for Turner, small ball group. But the, the fun stuff is where this group, this section is going to go for us, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you, you want me to do my lineup, but I think we should see it like almost immediately. Oh, sure. Go ahead. So I, I mean, I teased it, but like, I think at some point we're definitely going to see a lineup of Brogdon, Oladipo, Lamb, Warren, Sabonis. That is maybe the best lineup, to be honest. That is you, interesting. You convinced me of Justin Holiday over Lamb, but that I think it's their best. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the best lineup is the, is the closing five to me should be Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Justin Holiday, Sabonis. Uh, but I, 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 I guess I Lamb, think Lamb be- is better than we think. And I, th- I mean, we realized this because we didn't see much last year. And I think he's, I don't know. I mean, I, I know he's not. I, how did this guy who Lamb, who went from, I mean, I know he's never been like, amazing amazing but he was you know last year in charlotte i don't think he started like he started like 55 games there like he was on most teams would be kind of a starter right to the pacers and paper is like kind of luxury to be a sixth man and so like i do think if he comes back to you know a reasonable health there's a good shot he's really good and just kind of can blow expectations out for at least us uh, I guess I think yeah I, I guess <laughs> I think he's good still and has skills and again I, I was all about him last year and how he could help the bench but it's just gonna be tough to, to fit him in I'm not really sure what they can do you're really not high on him and I, yeah I, I, I'm falling out of love with his fit with uh, them running it back but we'll we'll see what happens I guess I just mean having more scores is always good that's always true. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, you could have too many. I don't disagree. And Holiday kind of plays it better. I mean, I so that, that's I I did my lineup. I might want to see what's what's one you you kind of want to see. Well, we've actually seen this before, but as Depot gets healthier, I'm excited for the defensive unit of Brogdon, Oladipo, TJ Warren, Justin Holiday, Miles Turner. Uh, we, okay. we I don't know how much we saw it last year, but just a lot of arms and size. Right, your shortest guy there is Depot actually at at six four with. You know, plus wingspans and all those guys that they kept Justin. We know Turner can defend. We see Warren be an on-ball hawk last year. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much we actually saw that group last year because between Depot missing back-to-backs and Brogdon being in and out and guys missing time in the bubble and stuff like that. I think they played that group played more in the bubble, specifically in the playoffs. That group started uh, two games, but just in general, seeing it more and their defense was not the problem against the Heat. They couldn't score for shit. Uh, so. I'm looking forward to seeing that group again and how it develops as Depot gets healthier. Yeah, that's a good lineup. I mean, I think the we I, I sometimes get in love with the offense and you've got about the the monster defensive lineups. I can maybe you know at times maybe they're close at lineup in certain games. They need they need deep defense over offense. A box and one with that group with one on the ball. There we go. Now we're talking yeah. <laughs> the Bjorkren special. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, to think of offense, I, I, my other line I'd love to see, and I, I, this is something maybe that we probably won't see, but we could see, is if Aaron Holiday can't really play the point guard minutes, could we see something where Oladipo becomes point Oladipo? And I'd love to hey, see. Hey, our favorite, of, our favorite theory, right? I mean, I would love to see Oladipo, Aaron Holiday at the two, uh, Justin Holiday at the three, McDermott at the four, and Sabonis at the five. So a lineup where you basically butted out who who else have I bumped, jumped out? Jeremy Lamb, I guess, at that lineup as well, and as you know, and Goga, I guess, a little bit, but like. I would love to see something like that. I mean, I think there's a chance that Oladipo might get frustrated not having the ball at the time in the starting lineup because he's, he's really not going to be – I mean, you're going to see a much more evenly distributed ball, I think, among the starters because the way Warren kind of came off towards the bubble last year and Brogdon has been really good with the ball in his hands and he can be a point guard. 
that there might be a way to appease him is like, hey, we're going to give you this bench unit, and you and Sabonis, who've known each other forever, can just run pick and rolls and dribble hand I would hand just slap all, all the day. shooting around them too, yeah. Yeah, and we're just going to make it, you know, the ball's in your hands, and you guys just run the offense like you, you didn't you didn't know OKC or that first year. I mean, that 2017-18 year, one of the secret Solo Depot's success was just him and Sabonis had this great chemistry when they played together. It was like, you could, you know, he could feed him the 12-foot el- elbow shot, which maybe they don't take as much because it's not as efficient, but, you know, he can get him to a spot really well a ton. Yeah. All right. Here's a, a, a for fun one. I, okay. I guess I'll, I guess I'll call this the dunk contest five. I don't know if oh, that's okay. actually <laughs> this assuming they keep the which we both talked about unlikely. So let's say the on the roster. We had Jalen, the at the one Edmund Sumner at the two Cassius Stanley at the three. No, no, no. I'm going to screw this up. Let's back up. Jalen, the at the one Victor Oladipo at the two Edmund Sumner at the three Cassius Stanley at the four miles turned the five. Give me all of the dunking. Give me just straight up dunking. That lineup would score six points per 100 possessions, but it would be super fun. <laughs> I mean, that's something we could see maybe as a, well, probably not garbage time quite, that, that but maybe. That could be uh, at Fan Jam. Oh, that wouldn't even happen this year. Never mind. That's not. No, yeah, there's enough fan. Dang it. We're never going to see There'll be a virtual Fan Jam, right? Maybe. I, I doubt know. it. I really doubt it. Yeah. I'd bet the, well, yeah, they don't have time, right? You just got to get. Yeah. Training camps is now. Practice, practice. <laughs> practice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I outside like see outside of a couple like you know small ball lineups, I struggle to see what else they could really do. Like, like could they play like? I mean, I don't know. Could they go like? Okay, oh, like I'll a give bunch? you just like a lob of three guys though, because okay. something I would like to see too is right. So this season, yeah, they're basically the same as last year. They're locked in. But Depot's a free agent after this year. McDermott's a free agent after this year. Jakar Sampson's a free agent after this year. McConnell's a free agent after this year. Right? There, there's we haven't even said Jakar's name this entire podcast. How is that even possible? Um, <laughs> there's not, a lot of stuff. In rotation. He's not in the rotation. No, uh, he's fun, and I want to see him in lineups. He probably should be in my defensive group. But anyway, the, there's a lot of changes that could be coming. The two centers. So I think that a, a trio of Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, and Goga. Right. Your three young guys who you're developing to hope to be in the rotation someday. What can you fit around them in your ideal? You know, this is our like throw it, throw you into the pit of lions lineup of like, okay, go figure it out all together. I guess I'd want one shooter with them. So I'll put McDermott in there as well. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's, that's fine. I that's guess, interesting to me. Like yeah. Aaron and Goga minutes in general. We did not get enough of those last year, and I get I totally get why Goga didn't play very much. He probably still won't play very much. But I just think getting them time together, it makes a lot of sense. Those two, even specifically more so than Sumner, because you know, those guys are growing growing in their rookie scale. You'll have them for a long time via restricted free agency, right? Just finding a way to keep them around as much as you can, I think makes a lot of sense. See, the other one I think of is like, do you just what does the Sebola Depot at Aaron Holiday lineup look like in the starters? Because that might be the future starting lineup. Say that again? Right. Sebola Depot at a shooting guard to start, you know, oh, what yeah. does Aaron yeah. Holiday into those yeah. into the starting lineup look like with those other four guys? Yeah, for the same reason. Depot could be gone next year, right? You got to figure something right. out. I mean, I guess you could say Lamb's going to be the starter next year, but that it's one of those two. It's the only guy we haven't been in a group yet, Jakar. <laughs> well, he's just not going to play 10 minutes, so I'm going to turn. I know. I have 11 in my rotation. I got a lineup with Cassius. I got a lineup with Edmonds. That's 13. Yeah, Jakar's the only guy. I didn't fit anywhere. He is the insurance policy guy, right? There's no, and there's not like you're like, oh, I can't wait to see Jakar with this group. You know? <laughs> yeah. So he's just not really in this discussion. But my defensive group, I'm, I guess, I don't know. 
that him not being in there is the right choice. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just think like I said he's just injury happened, then he can hop in basically. Yep. That's his. That's his role, which is fine. It's one point seven million dollar role. Fun groups you want to see? I mean, like to me, I just want to see them play four shooters around Sabonis. I mean, I don't. You, you name four guys. I mean, you could. But I'm just excited. For, like, I mean, even last year, McConnell was not a shooter. But like, give me four real shooters around Sabonis, and I think you've got a lineup that like then you can really see does this do you have a future, right? Because I, I think ultimately the Pacers' best shot at like becoming an Eastern Conference Finals team is some combination of like either Old Depot Sabonis or Broad Sabonis becoming a similar mirror to um, Murray and Jokic. Now, they're not going to be as good as them. Don't get me wrong. They're, those guys have been were amazing last year. But something where they can like be that kind of light and in a weak year's conference make it to the conference finals, right? I and mean, that, that's what you're, you're hoping for. And maybe Sabonis can become kind of his own version of Jokic because he's a little bit I don't know. Was he better than Jokic? I don't really know, actually, to be honest. But no. so you can figure something out where he is a little better at some spots. He's not better than Jokic or anything. No, 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 no. Like in any aspect of the game, where is he better at him? Because I, I can't think of one, right? None. None. Right? Zero. He'd have <laughs> rebounding, maybe rebounding. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, right? Maybe. I mean, mainly Jokic is like pretty. No, but maybe. <laughs> right? The two spots where Jokic struggles the most are rebounding and three point shooting. And Sabonis is arguably, not even that he's, sorry. And struggle at, at rebounding. It's where Sabonis is at his best, I would say, compared to Jokic's maybe not best strength overall. But Sabonis can't shoot a three, so it doesn't really matter. If he could shoot threes, it would be a whole different ball game. But like, he can't. Yeah, Jokic is amazing. Jokic is Sabonis almost is just pretty good. Best all around player for his size. I mean, oh, like, he's amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. So and he's only like twenty four. It's gonna be six. Sabonis is only twenty four too, or twenty. Yeah, twenty four. Oh, for sure. I'm just saying, like Jokic. Jokic just has a huge baseline. So the shooting group, yeah, that would be. Justin Holiday, McDermott, Turner. Oh, but Sabonis is in this. Uh, Justin Holiday, McDermott, Sabonis, Brogdon, and Aaron probably. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, shoot us. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, they have. They don't have any other line like more line of versatility than they did last year. Uh, but I still am looking forward to seeing what could happen. Yeah, I mean they. they thing we talked about last year too. As long as they're held, they have a lot of. They do have a lot of versatility just because they have a lot of different. They can go. They could play around a defensive center, around an offensive center. They could play small. They could play big. I mean, they can do a few different things. It just the problem is: is are they going to be great at any one lineup? And that if they're not, that's what's going to hurt them in the long run. The Bjorkren eyes are on you, man. Like, like it'll be kind of. This is so rare, but we'll have a great chance to evaluate the coach because the roster is exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, we just. You're right. It'll be interesting to see how it trends year over year. Like if they're if they're actively worse, it's kind of easy to go well. You know, other teams maybe got better, and you could say that. But like, well, yeah, you you'll got to give the team time to to adapt to his system. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> well, so here's the thing that we're gonna see, right? They're they're probably they're, the only way they'll look worse is if they start to lose to the teams they usually beat, right? I mean, yeah. like, like if they lose to the Celtics or the Raptors or whatever, like we'll be like, as long as it's not like completely just annihilated, we'll be like, yeah, same team as last year. But like if they're losing the, they lost the Knicks last year one time, but like they're losing the Knicks or the Bulls, the Pistons consistently, then we'll know things are different. You know what I mean? That's fair. Well, if you have any lineups that you want to see, tweet at us at Lockdown Pacers or tweet at me or Adam at Friedman Adam Five and I'm at T East NBA. Uh, we're taking Thanksgiving off, and you guys should too. From don't listen to us for one day. Take take a Saturday. Yeah, have year. a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy some turkey. Watch some football. Take, I guess. Take me out of your ears, and unless you're dying for something, you you, you can uh, tweet at me, and I'll respond to you. But uh, yeah, take take a day off from Tony and Adam, and enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll be back maybe Friday. Uh, if 
I'll, I'll probably throw something up. But if not, next Monday for sure. But yeah, the season is super close. Like the next time me and Adam are talking to you guys could be the day before training camp starts, which is just wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Be uh, be safe. Obviously, yes. it's a yep. tough holiday with everything going on. So be safe out there. I agree with all that. Thank you guys a ton for tuning in. If you're getting a long weekend, please enjoy it. Stay safe, like Adam said. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon.